بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد ونسلی علی رسول الکریم اما بعد الحمد للہ جنائی از دا ٹوینٹی فرسٹ آف ڈسمبر ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزینڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی تھری الحمد that we're going through the exalted and dear life of the eminent companion Sayyidina Abu Hurairah So moving on to another subsection entitled A Few of His Noble Students Rahimahumullah So firstly with regards to the number of his students no other than Imam Bukhari Rahmatullah he had said 800 or even more narrated from him. Subhanallah. 800 or even more narrated from him. Radiyallahu. This is recorded in Al-Isabah, volume 7, page 202. Hafiz Zahabi in his Seer, volume 2, page 586. Al-Mariful Ahadith, volume 4, page 565 of the New English Translation. So Imam Bukhari, who himself was a middle mu'mineen of Hadith, who took a lot from the great Sayyidina Abu Huraira he said 800 so he personally knew 800 students but then he goes or even more narrated from him so let us just now make an honorable mention of a few of these most fortunate souls so the most famous of his students was no other than his son-in-law Sa'id ibn al-Musayyib So Hafiz Zahabi he said in his Seer volume 4 page 218 Sa'id ibn al-Musayyib was married to the daughter of Sayyidina Abu Huraira and those knew the ahadith transmitted by his father-in-law better than anyone So what is it mentioned? Hafiz Zahabi again another one of the giants of hadith He mentions that this fortunate man, Sa'id ibn al-Musayyib, rahmatullahi, he married Abu Huraira's daughter. But then he said, those, he knew the hadith of his father-in-law better than anyone. And this is why he's affectionately called the most learned of the Tabi'i. A'i Sa'id ibn al-Musayyib, rahmatullahi. The senior companion, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Umar, radiyallahu praised him when he said, He is, by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, one of the jury consuls. He is, by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, one of the jury consuls. Recorded by Hafiz Dhahabi in his Siyad, volume 4, page 222. So, Abdullah ibn Umar, very famous companion, he swore an oath that Sa'id ibn al-Musayyib was an imam. So for a sahaba to praise a tabi'in, to call him an imam, what does that tell you about this tabi'in? <laughs> Ali ibn al-Madin, he went as far as to say, Rahmatullah I do not know anyone amongst the tabi'in with more extensive knowledge than Ibn al-Musayyib, Rahmatullah In my opinion, he is the most illustrious of the tabi'in. Recorded by Hafiz Zahabi Rahmatullah in his Seer, volume 4, page 
So another one of the giants of Hadith, Ali ibn al-Madini, he said, to in my estimation, there is no greater tabi'in in terms of knowledge than Sa'id ibn al-Masayyib, rahmatullahi. In terms of his worship, this illustrious man was a true phenomenal phenomena in every respect. For instance, it is related that he had performed Hajj 40 times during his life. Referred to Hafiz Zahabi Rahmatullah in his seer, volume 4, page 222. So Hajj isn't a deed you can do every week. It's a deed you can do once a year. So an average person lives 60 to 70 years. One Hajj is fadat if you've got the means. If a person does more than one Hajj, he's blessed. Sa'id ibn al-Masayyib performed 40. So what does that tell you about his worship? He loved to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Also, famous reports, one report mentions that he was in the front saf for 50 years. He was never in the second saf. So for 50 years, he was always in the front saf, the front row. And another report mentions that for 40 years, he only heard the azan inside the masjid. Now, what does that mean? What it means is he, will, he came so early for the prayer that he even came earlier than the Mu'azzin. So, his worship was of a tremendous nature. The great Sa'id ibn al-Masayyib, rahmatullahi. Hafiz ibn Hajar al-Asqalani, rahmatullahi. He considered Sa'id's mursal to be the most sound of the tabi'i. Referred to Hafiz ibn Hajar al-Asqalani, rahmatullahi, in his Taqrib, volume 1, page 241. So Mursal means a tabi'i relates from the Prophet. So it's not possible for a tabi'i to have heard something from the Prophet. So there's a weakness. The tabi'i has not mentioned the companion he heard it from. So this narration is called Mursal. But there are different levels of Mursal. The strongest of the Mursals is Sayyid ibn al-Masayyibs. Ibn Hajar said. He goes, he is sound, even though he doesn't mention the companion he heard the hadith from. So what does that tell you? They had utmost trust in him, even though he's not mentioning the companion who he heard the hadith from. Imam Shafi also considered his mursal to be very strong. So Abu Huraira, his love for his venerable son-in-law can be gauged from the following famous report. So obviously, Abu Huraira was blessed with a daughter. He could have given his daughter to anybody. So why has he given his daughter to? <laughs> Sayyid ibn al-Masayyid. So obviously you can partially understand why of his piety. But this report shows how much he, he loved his son-in-law. So this narration is recorded in Tirmidhi, number 2558, is Gharib, Ibn Majah, number 4336, and Mishkat. Sa'id ibn al-Masayyib, rahmatullahi he relates. I met Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiyallahu, and he said, As'alullah ay yajma'a bayni wa baynaka fi suqil jannah. I supplicate to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bring me and you together in the market of paradise. I asked in surprise, afiha suq, is there a market in paradise? 
There's something that they pour. So look how much he loved his son-in-law. He would regularly make this strange dua. I say strange because he is quite strange. He would say, Oh my Lord, subhanahu wa ta'ala, bring myself and my son-in-law together in the market of paradise. This strange supplication. So Saeed, he's thought market. Now, why did he ask that question? Because there's no buying and selling. There's no currency, you know, what's exchange there. Everything's free. So he goes, is there a market in paradise? Afiha suq. So Abu Huraira radiyallahu said, yes indeed. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. he informed me that when those deserving of paradise enter it, they will settle according to the merit of their deeds. So Abu Huraira heard the Prophet say sallallahu alayhi wasallam, that people enter paradise but they will be given their ranks according to their deeds. Then they will be summoned at intervals equal to every Friday in, te- in terms of days in the world. So every seven day duration of the world, an announcer will call in paradise. They will visit their Lord, subhanahu wa ta'ala. The arsh will be visible to them. And a garden of the gardens of paradise will be brought to light for them. Manabir of light, pulpits of lo'lo, pulpits of yaqut, pulpits of zabarjad, pulpits of zahab, pulpits of fidda will be put up for them. So Rasulullah explaining wasallam, that on that time that you are summoned, a special time every week, you will see the arsh, either the roof of creation, the glorious throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and then gardens of gardens of paradise will be brought to light, meaning some Allah will beautify. Then the Prophet said, pulpits will be brought. Pulpits manadr. That means pulpits of light. So think about that. There's going to be pulpits of light so you can sit on. Pulpits of lo'lo. I pearls. Pulpits of pearls. Pulpits of yaqut. I rubies, pulpits of zabarjad, aquamarine, pulpits of dhahab, gold, pulpits of fidda, silver, will be put up. So they'll be arranging all these different pulpits to honor the people according to their status. The lowest of them, and they are certainly not worthless amongst them, will sit on mounds of al-miski wal-kafur. Musk and Kamfa without thinking that Ashab al-Qarasi the honorable seated companions are more excellent than they are in the assembly. Stop in the report. So these are the honored ones. They'll have pulpits. But others will not have pulpits. They'll be sitting on Musk and Kamfa i.e. mounts. Right? So they'll be sitting on kind of a, a raised earth. It will be made of musk and camphor. Then the Prophet said, they will not think that the honorable seated companions are more excellent than they are. This is important. The Prophet was saying that even though they're not as high, they will still think we have been greatly honored. 
Abu Huraira then said, I asked Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, if we would see our Lord, subhanahu wa ta'ala, he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam responded, indeed, just as we find no difficulty in seeing the sun and the full moon, there will be in that assembly a man with whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not converse. I, thus each will be spoken to individually. So this is part of the honor. Everyone will have a one-to-one with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He subhanahu wa ta'ala will say to him, Ya fulan nub, ya fulan nubu fulan, atadhkuru yawma qulta qadha wa qadha. O so-and-so, son of so-and-so, do you remember the day you said such and such? He subhanahu wa ta'ala will then remind the man of some dishonest things he did in the world. Thus the man will say, Ya Rabbi afalam taghfilli. Oh my Lord, subhanahu wa ta'ala, have you not forgiven me? He subhanahu wa ta'ala responds, certainly. By the vastness of my forgiveness, you have come to this, your station. So stop in the report. So Allah Ta'ala is having a one-to-one. So what's he, what's he, how is he conversing with us? Subhanahu wa ta'ala. He mentions your sins. <laughs> so imagine, were you the one who did this on this day? So you're in paradise. So you're thinking, Ya Allah, haven't you forgiven me? The day of judgment has passed. Allah Ta'ala goes, yes. By the vastness of my forgiveness, you've come to your station. Meaning, I want you to enjoy. This is why I'm mentioning this to you. Then the Prophet said, Meanwhile, a cloud will come over them and rain upon them perfume, the likes of which they have never experienced. So the Prophet is using words. So obviously, we know what clouds are. But cloud don't rain perfume. But some sort of perfume will be sprayed over you. Their Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala will then say, Arise, I have prepared for you karama, immense blessings, take now what you desire. Then they will come to the market, surrounded by angels, alayhi salatu wa salam. There will be within it, the like of which eyes have never seen, and ears have never heard, and hearts I've never even thought of. So Allah Ta'ala is continuously honoring. He's talked to you individually, subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's honored you with some sort of incredible atar. And then he says, I prefer for you karamat, take what you desire. And then the report says, you are taken to the market and is surrounded by angels. Then the Prophet said something, which is again beyond comprehension, within the market, no eyes have ever seen, no ears have ever heard, no hearts have ever thought. So there's no point asking. Then the Prophet says, To us will thus be delivered what we desire. There being no buying or selling in this market, where the inhabitants of paradise will meet each other. So the Prophet explained that you're not buying things there, you're just taking. And you're meeting others. That's one thing he did mention, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Then the Prophet said, A man of rank will meet another of a lower rank, there being none worthless amongst them. He will be delighted at the garments on him, 
But even before their conversation concludes, he will imagine that he wears what is more beautiful than the other wears. That will be because it would not be proper for any to grieve over there. So what happens? You see a person who's higher ranked and he's got garments that you admire. But Allah automatically, without even you asking, your garments change into something which is just as beautiful as his or even more so. Nobody will grieve. Then we will return to our dwellings and our wives will meet us and say, Marhaba, welcome. You have returned whilst you wear a beauty more than when we had separated because you've come back even more handsome. We will respond that we had met our Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala al-Jabbar, the dominant. It thus befits us that we should return from there as we have now returned. So this is the full report. So now what's strange about the report? It's a long report. And by the time you get to the end, you forget who asked the question. <laughs> so you think, oh, mashallah, it's about paradise. But what was at the beginning of the report? And the person goes, well, he was going on for 10 minutes. Abu Huraira, he goes to Sayyid ibn al-Musayyid. I always make dua that me and you come together in the market of paradise. He just told him that. Then he goes, then he didn't know about this market, which is interesting. And look at the details that Abu Huraira gave, not Abu Huraira, who narrated from the Prophet So again, we don't want to spend too much time on this report, but we need to take a few lessons. So let's take a few lessons from this blessed report. Number one, every resident of paradise will meet with the exalted and glorious every Friday. SubhanAllah, think about that. No exceptions. Every believer in paradise will have a one-to-one with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on Friday. So Friday is an honored day, not only in the world, which we're in now, Friday night, but also for eternity in paradise. Secondly, we will be able to see our loving Lord, subhanahu wa ta'ala, and his incredible arsh. So again, you know, you can't help it. Your mind starts to, obviously he's beyond comprehension. And the arsh is beyond comprehension. Allah ta'ala describes the arsh with three verbs in the Quran. He goes, azim, kareem, and azim, kareem, there's another the immense throne the noble throne and the glorious throne mm. right so Allah is describing the throne with very interesting attributes the immense the glorious and noble throne you'll be able to see it subhanahu wa ta'ala and you'll be able to see the almighty and glorious number three the most honorable will be seated on various pulpits what was the first pulpit the Prophet mentioned? Light. So again, like I mentioned, I think, I don't know, a few weeks prior, light can become solid. Something that you can sit upon. The Prophet mentioned it. So at the present moment, they've got such things as holograms, but they're not solid. And they've got lasers which can burn. But as far as I'm aware, they haven't got light now 
to condense to such a degree you can sit. But the Prophet didn't mention that. Number four, the lowest ranked would be honorably seated on mounds of musk and camphor. So think about that. This, if you just saw them sitting on musk and camphor, you're thinking these are the most honorable. They're not, they're the least honorable. But Allah gives them the honor. Number five, each and every one will have a one-to-one with the Almighty and Glorious. So now a person queries this. He goes, have you got enough time? And the response is, time isn't something that's a concept in paradise. <laughs> because you don't age. You don't, you know, time is here. If you're a million years in paradise, you don't get grey hairs there. Right? So forget about time. You'll have a one-to-one with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number six, it would thereupon rain upon them such perfume, the likes of which they have never experienced before. So think about that. How much perfume have you experienced? How much atr? Then in paradise, don't forget you're in paradise. When it rains, it's different. The atr is different. So how many fly days are they going to go? Forever. Each and every time the rain is different. Rain, drenched. Number seven, the honorable angels salatu wasalam, will then escort them to the majestic market in which they will observe things which no eyes have seen, no ears have heard, not even the hearts have ever imagined. Why can't you go to the market yourself? Not enough honor. The angels take you. And then you see things that, you know, that you're going to experience and hear things and observe things. Number eight. They will then return even more honorable to their majestic dwellings. Now, this market, there's actually another report. Sayyidina Ali, he relates that our beloved messenger said, There is a market in paradise where there is no buying or selling except the images of men and women. When anyone thus likes an image, he enters into it. Subhanallah. This is in Tirmidhi, number 2559, Hassan Gharib, Mishkat. So is this the same market? We don't know. The Prophet mentioned the market in paradise. No buying and selling. But what is the only thing in that market which the Prophet mentioned? Sallallahu It goes images. So you see men. Men see men, obviously women. They see the women. And... Whatever image you like, you simply enter into it. You become it. <laughs> so what's interesting, this is a desire that people have. You know, in the world, you know, they're, so, they're called plastic surgeons. And plastic surgery is fine. It's not a haram. Ilham. If a person you know, has a, so, needs something corrected, no problem. For instance, if a woman has you know, treatment for cancer and they and they have, uh, you know, they take, they, they remove the breasts. There's no harm in putting something in its place, right? This is plastic surgery. But what you are forbidden to do is to touch something which is perfectly fine and healthy. This is what's forbidden. Leaving that to one side. You know, don't you get these desires? What, you know, I wonder what it would be like if I was, you know, if a person was Chinese and if he was a Caucasian. And all of that, Allah is going to give you the option in paradise. Right? So now what's strange about that? 
if you take that image and you return to your wife, will she recognize you? <laughs> so this is dunya. Imagine you go, you come back as a Caucasian. You know, in dunya, what who are you? Well, all of this is bringing dunya into paradise. Of course, they will certainly still recognize you still have your personality. But this is something that Allah has given. If you wish to take it, not just for the men, also for the women as well. Women, this is one of their honors given in paradise. So is that the same market which Abu Huraira related from the Prophet We don't know. And the reason I say we don't know is because that market, no eyes have ever seen, no ears have ever heard, no mind has crossed. So maybe you can reconcile, but maybe it's another market. Now this market is something we should all yearn for. Why do I say that? Because Abu Huraira, he was really, really reflecting upon what the Prophet told him, and who did he make a special honorable dua for in this area? His son-in-law, Sayyid ibn al-Masih, because I wish me and you will enter that market. And then he asked his old father, what is this market? And look at the description the Prophet gave. And what's interesting, the description of paradise is very extensive. That's very interesting. The Prophet didn't usually go into great details about things unless it was important. But you notice this market is like, it just goes on and on. Why? Because this is something that you should know about. The Prophet said, look at what I'm telling you. This is a reality. Allah has you know, already prepared that for you. Are you willing to work for it? And not forgetting that's just one blessing of paradise. And if you think about it, the one blessing, how much the Prophet talked about, but definitely Sa'id ibn al-Musayyib will be enjoying that market with his honorable father-in-law. And that also indicates he had a special place with Abu Huraira. He had over 800 students, but why didn't he make dua for any of the students for that market? As far as we know, it shows that Sa'id was very dear to him. And also there's a report, I'll just finish with this. Sa'id ibn al-Musayyib, he was, he, he was poor. So Abu Huraira approached him, he said, Sa'id, are you married? So Sa'id, you know, he's not even thinking about marriage. For many reasons, one reason is I've got nothing to get married with. So he goes, no. He goes, all right. Some time passes, asks him again, Sa'id, are you married? And then he goes, no. And then the report finally, Sa'id realizes that Maybe Abu Huraira wants me to get married. Maybe he's found somebody. So Abu Huraira asked him, are you married? He goes, no. Because if, if you found somebody, he goes, I'm happy for the one that you've chosen. He didn't realize <laughs> Abu Huraira was going to give his daughter. So he goes, yes, I found somebody for you. So then what happened? <laughs> he told his daughter, the Allah, Go to Saeed's dwelling. So, daughter goes to Saeed's dwelling. Obviously, what is his dwelling? You know, imagine. Very simple, you know, poor soul. And then, Saeed, you know, you know the nikahs done by Abu Huraira. Very simple, but marriage takes place. And then, he walks Saeed to the dwelling. And Saeed's feeling a bit uncomfortable thinking, oh, my father-in-law's taking me to my... And he's thinking, you know, then Abu Huraira said, if you need anything, let me know. And tell me if my daughter is fulfilling your rights. So Saeed's thinking, right? He goes, yeah. And then when he enters the dwelling, 
His mother's waiting for him. Sa'id ibn al-Masayyib's mother. And she said, I'm, you are not my son until you fulfill my wish. So he goes, what wish is that mother? And, she, and the mother goes, I need to prepare your wife. <laughs> so Sa'id's thinking, what is going on? Right? And then obviously eventually the marriage takes place. And then during the first night of the marriage, somebody comes to the dwelling. And who is it? Abu Huraira. So Saeed, he goes, and then he goes, is my daughter, you know, are you happy with my daughter? And he goes, yes, 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 I'm very happy. And notice Abu Huraira, you know, he wasn't bothered about as he got pounds sterling in his bank account, right? Has he got a big khandan, right? He just thought, who is the one who will best be for my daughter in terms of her deen? So he was applying the very famous hadith where the Prophet said, Women are married for their beauty, their wealth, and their lineage. But marry the ones of the deen. May your hands be covered in dust. So the Prophet was saying these are all considerations. Obviously, wealth, no problem. Right? Lineage. Is she patanya? Right? You know, what about you know, this, that? Don't worry about it. He goes, but her deen. Is she strong in her deen? The Prophet goes, marry those. So notice Abu Huraira gave his daughter to what, the greatest of the Tabir in terms of knowledge. And this was again deliberate on the part of Abu Huraira radiallahu. So all I mentioned today, I mentioned now, I began the subsection with regards to mentioning some of his noble students. And we spent the entire session talking about the great Sa'id ibn al-Masayyid. Rahmatullahi. And there's many other things I could mention, but you can ask me after. Are there any questions you'd like to ask? Subhanahu wa bihamdi, subhanahu wa lahumma bihamdi ka ishtulai lahi illa anta astafirika atubu alayka wa dhibillahi min ashadan jim. Subhanahu wa rabbika rabbil izzati amma yisifun. As-salamu alayhi wa rabbil izzati amma yisifun. Alhamdulillahi wa rabbil izzati amma yisifun. Alhamdulillahi wa rabbil izzati amma yisifun.